Well, the Pitt Panthers have yet another important game ahead. So to a lot of teams actually in the region. So pull over and grab a seat. Welcome to another edition of the Pitch Stop here, our podcast on Pittsburgh Sports Now. I'm, of course, Mike Osti, and I am joined, as always, by Mike Vakovacan and Pitt coming off of the loss to Tennessee. But that's a major opponent. That's a home game. That's after the win against West Virginia in the backyard brawl. This one against Western Michigan, maybe you're thinking not the same fanfare, not the same excitement heading into the game, but a big game for Pitt nonetheless, and a lot of question marks going into this game as well. So, Mike, we also are going to have a very special guest here uh, on this program as well. So I can tease Eric McLean of the ACC Network with ESPN will be joining us here a bit in the middle of the show, and then we'll touch on some odds at the end. But, Mike, you kind of touched on this on the website, on Pittsburgh Sports Now, about the quarterback decision right now because Slovis was fine. I know you even touched on a commentary after the brawl that give him time. He'll be fine. There was a lot of positive there. He then got hurt. He had to leave the game. Patty went in. A lot of people love Patty, thought he could be good enough, played the bowl game last year. He's a vet, but he then suffered an injury in the game. And if you don't have both of them, what do you have for the Pitt fan? And if you are deciding between one of them, what do you do? What do you what are your thoughts on that quarterback this situation? for Pitt in a game they got to win, but Pitt fans know from last year is no guaranteed gimme. Yeah. Before I uh, say something about the, uh, you know, what I would do if I was Pat Narduzzi, um, I, I, I've heard mixed stuff about Keaton Slovis so far. And I, yeah. and I've kind of been, uh, I haven't really understood it because I've watched both games. I went back and watched both games. I think the guys played really well. Um, and has he played great? No, but as we all know, you can't play great when players, and I'm not, I'm trying not to put yeah. the blame game on, you know, but it is a team game, uh, especially at quarterback. You, you're, you're impacted uh, more so by that position than anything else. Um, I think to this point, uh, Pitt's offensive line has been um, average at best. And I think yep. they expected that to be a lot more than average when you have five uh, seniors returning. And I mm -hmm. think their receivers have been um, aside from uh, Wayne, I, I think they've been below average. I really, I, I really do. Okay. Uh, I expected a lot more from them. And I know I've, I've heard the, <coughs> excuse me, I've been battling this cough for about two weeks now. 75% um, of Mike Vakovacan is still better yeah, than 100% a yeah, lot of others. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I've heard this stuff about, you know, he's not getting his passes away and he's waiting for receivers to get open. I'm not buying into that. Um, I think Pat Narduzzi touched a little bit on it. I, I think he's been a victim of guys running the wrong routes. I was going to say, is that a chemistry thing? Yeah, I, I think he so. He doesn't know these guys that long. And obviously you don't have Addison there who can fit with anybody. He's still learning a new system. And you have receivers learning a new system. I, I, yeah. I think he's expecting guys to be places, and I don't know that he totally trusts them yet uh, to be there. He's been the victim of drops. I, I like what I've seen out of Keaton Slovis, and I think the biggest thing that okay. I've seen out of him so far, the, the dude's been tough. Um, we we talk about sacks. but Five times he, against West Virginia. Five yeah. times, but that doesn't count the amount of times the guy's gotten hit. Yeah, I was at I was at the game Saturday, and I kept pointing out to uh, my son Luke when they'd show a replay up on the scoreboard, 
I was showing him, watch how he stands in here. He's yeah. completed passes, but he's not running. He's not doing a turtle. He stands in there and he completes the passes. And <coughs> I, uh, I, I don't know why people haven't been more excited by his performance. Now get to get to your question. I would go with Derek Kyler, the third string quarterback. Okay. Um, for the simple, for a couple reasons. Number one, I think Pitt's better, no matter what happened last year, Pitt's a better team than Western Michigan. You would figure. <laughs> yeah, they, on paper, yeah. they're better. They're they better are. Team. And they, they were better. last year too, though, is what some would say. Yeah, but. They, but they also, they had some players last year. Their quarterback, they had Scott, uh, Sky Moore, who ended sure. up being a second round pick of the Chiefs. Right. <clears throat> They've had some playmakers. This year they graduated. Pitt's a better team. Yeah. Whether they win or not, we'll see. But the other thing is, Pitt's season is going to be judged on how they do in the ACC. And when you're dealing with a couple injuries like they are, um, reportedly Slovis has a concussion. He had two of those at USC. I don't think that's something you don't, you don't mess with that. I, I think no. the guy sits down a week, no matter what, and give him a rest. And Nick Patty, uh, it's obvious, uh, he hurt his ankle. He gutted it out. But his game is all based on mobility, moving around. And if he's not able to do that, how good is he to you? Yeah. Uh, he tried to play against uh, Tennessee, and you could see that he was just a statue back there. They were bringing the house knowing that the guy wasn't going to be able to run. That's why you brought in Kyler uh, from Dartmouth. The guy's played a little bit. He had a really successful season last year. Um I would trust him over the next two weeks to be Pitt's quarterback, and hopefully one of those two are healthy enough when they take on Georgia Tech on October 1st. I don't risk the ACC uh, to try to get one of these guys back for a non-conference game. Yeah, and, and obviously when you're trying to be a conference champion, it is about the conference schedule, even though you want to win every game. And obviously Pitt was thought to be maybe a, a dark horse team to the playoff before the season. Some did put them there. That might be tough after the Tennessee loss, but they're now a ranked team. Pitt is still clinging to a ranking as well. So it's not really a bad loss that Pitt suffered. These also were two very hard games, even though West Virginia is clearly not good. It's still a rivalry. They're very close to you. It was a rocking house. We were there. And then obviously Tennessee is now a good team that some are seeing is better than they've been in recent years. So Pitt got to win this at the end of the day, though, of course, no matter who's there. And you got to expect to win no matter who's there. The whole roster should be better than what you're seeing at Western Michigan, especially now with the draft pick no longer there. Mike Pekovic and Mike Oste here. It's the Pit Stop on Pittsburgh Sports Now. And before we get to our guest, Mike, I do want to kind of also talk about just the idea of playing this game on the road and playing a MAC team on the road. And I know Western Michigan fans are going to yell at us. We won last year. <laughs> Pitt is the team looking for revenge. Pitt lost last year, regardless of where the game was played. And yeah, that's true. And you could certainly say that that is the game that ruined Pitt having a chance to the playoff, even before they played Miami, because that would have been the worst loss of any of the top 10 teams vying for the spot. And this year Pitt is better. Last year Pitt was better, but lost. But just the overall thought process on a Power 5 team, a major conference team, a team that was just in a major bowl game, that had a Heisman candidate, that's looking to build more for the future than just the present. A lot of history there, and they want to kind of say that they're in that upper echelon, top 15 programs in the country at some point, and going to a Mac school. Playing a Mac school is one thing. Playing those games, that's one <clears> thing. <throat> Playing them 
on the road, not as common, even though we did see last week a lot of major power historic programs did suffer losses to teams that nobody thought would beat them no matter what was going on with their current seasons. Well, those games, uh, you mentioned Texas A&M and Notre Dame. Those games were at home. And Nebraska as well. Yeah, you lose them, yeah they were at home. Have, and that's yeah, right. those are, that's on you. If you and like West Virginia is playing at home this weekend against Townsend. Right. Right. I, I just don't, uh, you know, I know this game was scheduled. These these non-conference games are scheduled uh, years in advance. So right. you know, this was before Kenny Pickett and everything happened. Last sure. Year. But I just don't like the idea uh, of – I, I think Pitt, maybe in a special situation, maybe they do that. Uh, you know, I don't mind playing other uh, Power Five teams or whatever. Maybe, uh, maybe some other schools that aren't Power Five on the road. But I just see no good coming out of this. Uh, we've seen it a lot in the past, yeah. uh, going back to the Dave Wanstead when Pitt was ranked. Uh, I think they played at Akron, lost. Uh, you know, there's a couple other ones. I, I, it looks worse if you lose on the road than even well. I, well, I guess it looks worse at home. It's gonna be a night yeah. game. It's gonna be a you night agreed game to go up there. there. Those fans are gonna be all riled yeah. up. Uh, Seven thirty, Pitt coming in. Uh, it's a yeah. dangerous yeah. thing uh, situation. I think Pitt should win, but I but I would hope uh, in the future uh, Heather Like uh, steers away when she starts uh, starts scheduling. Uh, you know, from here on in, starts getting away from go into Mac teams on the road, because I, I think that's just, those are just recipes for an upset, which does uh, a lot of damage to your, uh, you know, program yeah. and the fan base. Yeah. I mean, especially after last year, losing Tennessee is not the end of the world, losing this game, regardless of where it's played. Yeah. The AC schedule is in front of you, but it would be a season wrecker in terms of what the hope of this season was supposed to be, because the whole idea in the off season was you take a major bowl appearance, even though your Heisman candidate didn't play it because he was looking at the NFL, you take an AC crown and then you want to go and step it up even further. And if you have another one of these losses and now you'd already you would have had two out of your first three games would be an L. It just wouldn't create that vibe, even though you can't force Pickett, obviously, to still be there. He His eligibility was over, but it just it wouldn't be that vibe. It wouldn't feel good. You agreed to it. And, yeah, even if you're not at where Pitt currently is and you were where they were a decade earlier or years earlier when this game was scheduled, not to say you want to thumb your nose at Mac schools because certainly they can get victories, but in terms of scheduling, you don't need to necessarily go and give you play. – we'll play you. But going on the road certainly is risky. You mentioned the Rocket House. Yeah, they get up or that game's early. That game's close early. That'll be really, really tough yeah. for Pitt to deal with. Mike Fakovic and Mike Osti, and we are now going to welcome in our guest for this edition of the Pitch Stop here in Pittsburgh Sports Now. That is Eric McLean of the AC Network and ESPN. So let me get him on here with us. Eric, thanks for joining us, man. And I will say from one new girl dad to another – Congratulations. Come on, my man. We're, we're almost there. So the due date is. Uh, oh, not yet. OK. And, uh, so mom could pop at any time. So I'm. Oh, wow. Call. I got a bunch of flights on standby if I need to get out of the studio. OK, so we're, we're good. OK, <laughs> hopefully not during this broadcast. Just tell her to wait about 10 <laughs> minutes. Right. Um, and Mike has all boys. So we're, we're in a girl dad club of our of our own here. That's but right. Eric, we definitely appreciate the time. Mike, do you have uh, you want to lead off here with Eric? Yeah, Eric. Uh, I'm not sure Pitt uh, is the beginning, the 
beginning part of the schedule is a little unusual in the fact that most, you know, the common thing for power five teams is to play at least one, you know, quote cupcake to start the season. Pitt uh, went the other route and started West Virginia. Uh, despite what their record is, you know, they're still, you know, they're, they're still a good program. Uh, and then they play Tennessee, which is obviously a good program. You know, I'm not sure where the Pitt fan base, uh, what their expectations are. They're one and one. Uh, you know, what have you seen from the Pitt uh, program? And are you still as uh, – did any opinion yours change following these two uh, two games to start the season? Yeah, you, you know, I think one thing – there's a little bit of uncertainty, right, you know, just with quarterback and, and not knowing, yeah. you know, is Slovis going to be okay? And, and the weird thing about college, man, this is the – I think college football is the greatest game in, in the world. But the one thing that I just can't stand is – how we don't have to tell anything like everything is so close to the vet. like NFL, you got to be on that injury report. If you're hurt, everybody, sure. knows, everybody yeah. knows what it is, what, what's the deal when you'll be, you back. can smudge it like Belichick has. In yeah, the past. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, you got to put them on. Oh, but it, I just, you know, we don't know, you know, we don't know if Slovis is going to be the guy from things that I'm hearing is, is there hopeful he's going to play. Uh, and then on the Nick Patty side, I've heard that he might be out a couple weeks. So, yeah. you know, if both of those guys are out, I mean, what are we doing? Are we going wildcat and, and Izzy to the hizzy is lining up at, at quarterback? So, you know, I, I think from that perspective, you know, it, it puts a little damper on, on the future and just looking forward. Uh, but but losing to Tennessee, I mean, I, I think all your goals are still in front of you. That's an excellent football team. They're going to contend in the East and be right there with, you know, Georgia and Kentucky kind of fighting for that spot. And Georgia looks really good. But, you know, I, I think Tennessee right behind them. And, and so for Pittsburgh, Everything's there, everything that, that you want. And, of course, all your goals within ACC play. So to, to answer your question, yes, because of the quarterback. No, not because of, of the loss to Tennessee. Eric McLean joining us here. And I also got to ask you this in particular. Obviously, Pitt has a new transfer QB in there. Mike and I touched on Slovis and how he's played so far, but certainly a question mark moving forward and all the injuries. Pitt's running game emerged. But the offensive line was supposed to be the driving force that would be the key for this team this year. Some even said maybe one of the best in the entire country, and if Pitt was going to actually make Desmond Howard and others right and get him in the playoff, it would be because that O-line would protect and make learning a system even easier. But the offensive line has kind of struggled. They got beat up, and Dante Stills almost wrecked the game and had WVU almost win that game in an upset in week one. Still kind of struggled in week two. They basically have been average when they're supposed to be your best unit on either side of the football why do you think the offensive line has struggled so much now with a veteran group? What's happened? Yeah. And how much is that needing to get fixed really pitch story this year that's kind of been under the radar? Yeah, you, you know what's fascinating is I think that we are seeing how important Kenny Pickett's mobility from a year ago truly was. I mean, that, that guy was so great at pocket presence and, and could feel it in his you know eternal clock. He knew when to get out of there. He, he knew when yeah. to you know extend the play or, or, or move the pocket and even – wide receiver quarterback communication. I mean, I have this notebook sitting right next to me. There's three or four plays that, you know, there's corner cat and the wide receiver's not calling it out. Keaton doesn't see it. And he's getting blasted in the back of the head. That, that's not on the offensive line. Now, certainly there, there have been things that, you know, I thought we would see better that they do, but a lot of it also is, is on quarterback play and not getting that ball out. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be something that it's it's a process, and, and those guys are, are figuring each other out. They're they're you know getting better each week, and and keep finding that you know silver lining there. But you know, certainly, my man, I think it's something where we, we probably didn't think there would be any question mark on that offensive line, and now we're kind of looking like, well, maybe maybe not as good as we thought. 
So then it, yeah. it a little bit on Slovis's play, or are you are you maybe saying that Slovis hasn't played as well as maybe you would have expected to open up this year? Obviously, he's hurt right now. Yeah, I would think just with the older guy that he would see things like that. I mean, okay. there, there's some pass pro stuff against West Virginia. He's got to get the ball out quick. Tight ends wide open against Tennessee. Tight end wide open, and instead he's reading another side of the field. Doesn't see the blitz coming. If they bring six, we only got five. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know we can only block the, the guys that are in front of us, and so. I think it's it's a holistic problem. I don't think it's just QB okay. play or it's just offensive line play. I think it's it's all of us need to get on the same page and figure out what we're doing. Thoughts on Izzy Abanaconda so far? Uh, yeah. Before the season, you know, there was some uh, wondering with new uh, offensive coordinator Frank Signetti, is Pitt going to maybe transition a lot more to the run game? <laughs> and not have their quarterback pass the ball, you know, 45, 50 times a game like the last couple of years with uh, with Pickett. Uh, just thoughts on what you've seen from a band of Kanda. And, you know, is he a guy, you know, I know this is probably sounds dumb after his uh, player of the week performance last week, but, but is he a guy that you could see realistically uh, being a guy that can be a lead guy as far as 25 plus times a game and, uh, still be productive. Right. Yeah, I, I think so, man. And, and you know, what's interesting is, you know, the, the way that I compared this pit team or, or thought that they would look like was a perfect blend of 2018. If you remember, had two 1000 yard backs and last year, a 4000 yard passer. So thought we'd see a couple of guys around the 700, 750 mark and maybe right about 3000 passing the football. I knew that running was going to be a big emphasis with Coach Signetti. It's just what he's always done. It's always been about you know, 60, 40, 60 being the run. And that's just what they do. And then, you know, kind of Hammond comes out of nowhere. I had heard great things, but until you see it with your yeah. own eyes and the performance that he put on against West Virginia, is he still having a very complimentary role in that game? And, and ultimately a, a game ceiling, you know, catch that he ran for a touchdown. And then when Hammond goes down, he doesn't miss a beat and he's right back to being the guy. So I, he's an absolute weapon. He, he has showed that he is improved his game with his vision, the cuts that he has made and able to get out in the field very quickly. And of course the passing threat. I mean, that guy's caught like three or four passes and they've gone, you know, 15, 20, 25 yards each time. So it's an impressive thing. Uh, you got to get that guy, the football. I think coach Powell, you know, really said it best about practice is, you know, we track these guys so well that, you know, if we get them to a certain power output or a certain yardage that they travel in practice, I know that the game might not be as great. So, it's really on these coaches to manage that load, to understand what they're going to be asking from them on game day for that output to be maximized and to the, them to get their full potential. So I think, yes, absolutely. Get them 20 you know, plus touches a game, but we've got to take care of them in practice and understand what we're asking for him to do in any given Saturday. Yeah, and it was the thought maybe more of a versatile offense this year with more of the running game maybe. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, uh, Eric McLean joining us from the ACC Network and ESPN here on the Pit Stop. Uh, Eric, being a former player, um, how do you view this when you're a player? Go back to your playing days. Uh, you know, Pitt's ranked. Despite yeah. the loss, they probably still feel good about themselves. Uh, is this game against Western Mission? Is this one of these games that, from a player, uh, you you under you know you overlook a little bit, uh, or is this veteran? Or are you not worried with that this veteran team? Uh, you know, there'll be enough guys to, uh, you know, not, not let this game uh, get away from them. 
Mike, I, I've had this game circled since we lost it yeah. a year ago. I, I, I've wanted to get back and play these guys for 365 days. I, I think these guys are going to be jacked up. I, I truly yeah. do. I think that they're going to want to go out there and, and you know, revenge might be a strong word, but that's that's essentially what it is. I mean, you think of the the position Pittsburgh could have been in a year ago if yeah. they did not lose that game. I mean, we're, we're talking about Pitt being in a playoff, you know, winning the ACC as a one-loss probably. Champion. 100%. They're probably four. They're probably getting in that thing, especially the way they won and right. all the hype around Kenny Pickett ending up in New York. So, yeah, yeah, man, I'm jacked up to play. I don't think there's any – no overlooking at all. Uh, I think this defense is going to want to put on a show. You know, that they've been, man, so close to being this impactful, change the game, get everything going type of defense in regards to the defensive line. Like, like those guys – or arms around him and Hooker, then somehow he squeaks out for a first down. They, they had, you know, JT a handful of times and just couldn't quite bring him down. So I think this is the week that those guys are saying, okay, we're going to win this game because of us. Like, we're going to go score. We're going to create opportunity. We're going to get the football back for our offense. So, man, that, that's the mindset I have. And as soon as you asked, I knew where you were going. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way we're overlooking these cats. You're also asking a, a former team captain. Eric McLean too. Right. So I was gonna say, as a former team captain of a championship team, right. are right. you even going one step above and going to the defense, going to special teams, going to the coaching staff, and being exactly. like, "I'm a leader of this team. I'm getting everybody amped up, not even just the line or, or your offense." Hundred percent, man. Because you just it, we know how important it is because we it just happened a year ago. It right, just happened where this game means everything. You know, the, again, I, I talk about the differences in college football and NFL. I mean, every week is essentially a playoff game in this format yeah. that we have right now. You lose and you're, you're done. I mean, if, if, yeah, if Pitt loses, they're done for the playoffs. Yeah, if you lose this game or, or right. one in the near future, like forget about the playoff. I mean, hopefully a, a New Year's Six, but that yeah. that's all out the window. So every game matters. Every game is the biggest game. And, and that's the mindset you want to have, you know, without losing. But certainly that that is amplified for the Pitt Panthers right now. Eric, I do want to I do want to ask you here because Pitt has Rhode Island, Virginia Tech, they get into the ACC schedule. But obviously, Rhode Island's going to be a similar conversation, if not even more so. That you can't overlook it, but you're figuring to, to dominate that game. Right. And you get in the ACC schedule. Virginia Tech, a little bit, a little bit maybe overrated for some, a little down for others. Georgia Tech, et cetera. You're figuring to win these games before you really then get into the meat of the schedule and get a true test yet again. It might be a month and a half before a true test after getting away from this game. So for a program that was just in a major bowl game, that has tons of expectations that want to carry this from just a great season, their best in decades to a great program, top 15 in the country year in and year out. What do you need to see from Pitt during this quote unquote easier stretch to make you confident they can win the test tougher games. Right. And if they carry this through can argue for the playoff, a new Year's six, an ACC contention and win the conference again, et cetera. Yeah, man, I just for them to flex their muscles. I mean, because we've seen in recent histories, a la last year losing to Western Michigan a couple of years ago, I think it was Delaware that it was like a controversial ending. And I don't think Kenny right. played that game, but th these are the type of games where you have to make some noise and like you have to, you have to dominate. And, and I'm not saying score 70 points, hold them to zero, but watching the game, there should be a noticeable talent gap. We, we should yeah. see both lines of scrimmage mauling guys and, and full control of the game never even in question and, and I think that's what that's what it takes and it's a mindset and it's man it's something difficult to do when, when you're a young kid and man you, you want you want to play night games and I want to play Tennessee I want to play West Virginia oh here's Rhode Island oh we have to go to Western Michigan so it, it's right. a mindset you have to understand 
how valuable and how you know special these moments are because there's very little of them in your entire life. And and I think that you know this staff that they have in place, these leaders, uh, Kalijah Cansey, Baldinaldo, uh, you know the, the guys upon the offensive line, like they they all it starts there, spreads throughout the team. Big Brandon Hill at safety, like th- those guys are going to have them in a in a space where they're 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 not overlooking any of that, and they have the mindset of we have to go out here and show the world. Yeah, what pit football is. Last question for you, Eric. Uh, you obviously follow the whole ACC, not just Pitt. Uh, has there been a team so far through two weeks? I know it's tough because uh, the, the opponents of each team, uh, you know, varies in, you know, the degree of difficulty. Sure. But it, has there been a team that is either uh, maybe caught your eye in a positive uh, way that maybe you weren't uh, maybe expecting, maybe played a little bit better than you thought through two weeks? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you two of them, uh, one on the Atlantic and one at Duke. Um, or Duke, one on the Coastal. Duke and Syracuse, man, <laughs> have played so well. Uh, it's been so fun to watch. And I think that is – it's instrumental for the league because it's great to have Pittsburgh. It's great to have Clemson and Wake Forest and, and maybe Miami uh, be at the top. But we need the bottom to rise up too. Like the bottom has to do their part and, and not – you know, go over in a season and when they get in conference play, get a couple conference wins and right. you know, just have that respect of going out of conference and, and getting big W's. I mean, Syracuse, they look like a totally different team. I mean, offensively, Garrett Schrader. Yeah. I mean, he, he's right now, and I know it's two weeks and this is a super hot take. We're going into week three, but he's going to be <laughs> playing to, to be on an all ACC team at the quarterback position. I mean, it's crazy to see yeah. his numbers already. He's over a third of his yards passing. He's over half of his touchdowns, his QBRs through the roof in two games, guys. He did that in 13 <laughs> games, 12 games a, a, a year ago, and he's already that much more advanced. Um, Duke, it just looks different. I mean, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. Those guys are playing with swagger. It really reminds me of you know kind of the change we saw defensively when Coach Halfley came into Coach Boston College. We're seeing that right away with, with Duke, and they have a great opportunity going against A&T this weekend to do what we're talking about with Pittsburgh, to flex their muscles. When's the last time we said Duke's going to do that? Right, I mean, yeah. Incredible to see the chance. Unless we're on the basketball court. Yeah. Exactly. So so those are the two, man, that I, I know it's early, and it's probably a, not the answer you thought, but they look they look really fun, and it's going to be cool to see, okay, what can we do when, when conference play really jacks up and ramps up? It, it, also, hap- it also helps the – I mean, it's a pointless debate, but the whole Twitter debate after a season is over. Yeah, you won a conference or yeah, you did this, but the conference was quote unquote down. Right. That's exactly. depth to the conference. So exactly. that would certainly help your argument with other conferences. And also for where you're ranked and where you're slotted in a playoff discussion, certainly in years from now when they do expand, et cetera. So, Eric, I definitely appreciate the time. Good luck on the uh, the upcoming birth that could happen oh, yeah. any moment <laughs> that's right <laughs> i might be getting a call oh i'm just kidding i appreciate uh, breaking news here on the pit stop uh eric we definitely appreciate the time man no doubt thank you guys have a great show see y'all absolutely Bye. eric mclean from the ac network and espn joining us here on the pit stop on pittsburgh sports now he's, he's awesome, been with us he? before yeah he, he's great I, I did a show with him before he's fantastic he even has he has the voice for this even though he was a player who's transitioned it's like he was born yeah. to do broadcasting um but 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 yeah, now switching gears here as we move on from Pitt, we do have some other games throughout the region, in particular headlined by the Steelers and Patriots coming up this weekend that I do want to touch on before touch on before we wrap things up. So Mike, to kind of go there, the Steelers are underdogs to the Patriots 
at home. And this is a Patriots team, Tom Brady's years removed. Mac Jones is the QB. They just got beat up against Miami. They weren't contending at all in that game. The Steelers did win. Granted, some turnovers helped them and crazy kicks and a long snapper had to come in that wasn't normally the starter. And just it was just one of the most bizarre, wild games in Steelers' recent memory. But they did win. They are at home. And yes, there are question marks around this team still, around Mr. Bisky, et cetera. But how surprised are you the Patriots, the non-Tom Brady Patriots, years removed still, are favored on the road against a Steelers team that is 1-0 while the Patriots are 0-1? I want to preface this by saying I don't know what my opinion means because our our picks last week, uh, I, I, I think we both, as Mike Tomlin put this week, I think we urinated down our leg. So did West Virginia, which definitely yeah. made our picks, by the way. Yeah, I think we were one and I think both of <laughs> I think both of us uh I think we were one and three last week. Okay. I think the, uh, I think the only ones we got right were the uh were Pitt taking I was gonna the, say we had Tennessee. Yeah, right. Tennessee yeah. minus the points. That, that, right. that was about it. I know we lost right. Penn State and they won by more, yeah. West Virginia and the Steelers. So I, I think right. we both uh, think that's we both it. Stopped. Yep. <laughs> well, that being said, that's why you gotta con- continue on here. Um I was surprised. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm still surprised. Steelers two and a half point underdogs. Uh, you know, I know it's the New England Patriots. Blah 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 blah. But they're not the New England Patriots when Tom right. Brady's not there. Right. So uh, I, I don't see um, even without T.J. Watt. Uh, I, I just don't see the weapons on New England's defense or offense. Excuse me. I don't Mac Jones. I don't. I don't see him being able to. Um, to beat this team, uh, I, I don't see play. I, I just don't see playmakers. Uh, I, I can't. Yeah. They, they just don't have anything play. The only the only way they is stay in the playoffs last year, but yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky turns over the or the Steelers turn over the ball and give those guys a shot. I, I just don't see a lot of points in this game, and I don't see New England scoring a lot of points. I think Steelers the Steelers defense is better than New England. Yeah, and um. I, I think the Steelers win. I, I, I'm. They should. I I'm mean, really, this is I'm really surprised by this line. Uh, I think this is a lot based on, um, you know, and I know you had mentioned before the show that you know Vegas wasn't impressed or maybe didn't think the Steelers should have won the game. Despite it's because the, of the turnovers. They don't yeah. count tur- when they're doing odds. They don't count turnovers. So if they think you won a game because of turnovers or a player got hurt or a missed field goal. The odds makers don't really quote unquote count it, even though it's a W on the board, which is how the Steelers won last week, to be fair. I think this line is a Bill Belichick line in New England. Maybe. Yeah. Line. I, I just think his reputation and. Um, he could have the defense ready to go and doing what you say. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win. The Steelers got to win this game with the schedule that's in front of them besides the Jets and Browns. But it's a weird spread. It is a weird spread. This is a worse Patriots team than even last year. Almost everyone thinks so. But unless it's Belichick who's going to muster something up from that defense, cause some turnovers, and maybe run you a Novocaine game plan like he did against the Bills last year, where it basically just run, 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 run. We're, we're in like a wishbone, like it's 1950. If that's what Belichick's going to do, maybe that's what the odds makers are thinking. They're going to win this six to three, and it'll be the worst game we've ever watched. But uh, well, who well, knows? a bookie once told me, one of my uh, friends of the past once told me that uh, a couple of lines to watch are one of them is when a home team is getting it has to be the exact two and a half points and right now the line's two and a half if a home team right. is getting two and a half points they'll win the game outright 
Okay. So I'm going to so go with my old friend, John. Um, yeah. Won't mention his last name, but. Uh, <laughs> Put the money there. Yeah. 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 Uh, he always I'll agree with you. So yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Steelers. And then the other one we got is uh, probably one of the bigger games. I guess maybe the biggest game of the weekend is uh, Miami versus Texas A&M, but Penn State going down to Auburn on CBS yeah. 330. Our biggest yeah, Penn game, State yeah. is three point uh, uh, favorites. They're giving Auburn uh, three points. I, I have a sneaky feeling that um, I'm, I'm going to take Auburn in this game. Okay. Uh, just going down to that environment. I, yeah. I know people are excited about what Penn State has done so far. You know, I don't know how good of teams they've played so far. I think going down to an SEC environment. Um, National TV, I think it's a different it's a different animal. Those kids haven't played in an environment mm-hmm. like Jordan Hare Stadium before. Uh, yep. No matter what people think, Auburn is down. They still have tremendous uh, SEC talent down there. Four star, five star kids. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with uh, Auburn to win the game, take the points, but I think they'll win the game outright. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I not to make it boring. I'm right with you. Throw the points out. I don't care. Auburn's going to get the quote unquote upset win. And what I'll say, and Penn State right now ranked 22, they did not look good against Purdue at all. They no. that, that, that's a down program. They're better than them. They should always be better than them. Even coming off a miserable year last year for the Nittany Lions, that's not an impressive win. Even though you squeaked by with the victory, they could have lost that game two or three times. Yeah, you beat up on Ohio. Okay, we were wrong. We didn't think you'd win by that much, but you do win by even more. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what we talked about with Eric. You got to flex your muscles in those games. This can be a really, really tough place to play. This will hurt the whole Big Ten debate with the SEC because if the SEC gets an upset win, that's going to be what they're going to bring up all the time in terms of strength of those two power conferences for the future and even now. But at the end of the day, I don't think Penn State is really a ranked team based on what I've seen through two games. They haven't impressed me enough to be there. And Auburn does have tons of talent. If this game was maybe in Happy Valley, I might flip it. But that is a really, really tough place to play. That's the game of the weekend, at least for our network, for sure. And just as we close up shop, there's no spread that that we're seeing. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Mike, what's what's West Virginia? Yeah. What can they get out of this game? Is there any way that leaving this game, uh, you know, the Mountaineer fans uh, are out for blood right now with (laughs) – you know, with the program right now, Neil Brown. Yeah. Uh, it can anything happen in this game that'll uh, quiet people for a week, or is this just a glorified practice? Well, number one, Mike, you really like this because this literally teases an article that I just put up on WV Sports now. So head oh, over good. there. I, I detailed the whole thing. There are a few <laughs> yeah. keys that they can do. Number one. They got to dominate the game. There's no spread because nobody should bet on this. This is just West Virginia should go dominate this game. Yeah, maybe they should have beat Kansas. Maybe they're better than who they thought. It was a really, really bad loss. Worst loss to Neil Brown era. And his future is a whole conversation for the day, but it's not looking good for him right now. But you got to dominate this game. You just got to. This isn't Appalachian State, Mike. It's a four and seven Townsend yeah. team from a year ago. They're coming to your place for homecoming, not just a regular game. You got to win. You got to win big. They did it to LIU. That's the only game they ever have dominated under Neil Brown. And that was a, a, an FCS team as well. You got to dominate. I got to see more from the defense. 
the defensive line and defense looked really good against Pitt, holding that that offense down for a while, making that a close game. Dante Stills almost wrecked the game, the five sacks. They didn't look good against Kansas <laughs> at all letting Jalen Daniels just run all over the place. And that Kansas offense, I think they would have kept on scoring if they played seven or eight quarters when <laughs> I was there. So the defense for West Virginia has to really, really show something because even here in those post-game pressers, you don't want to say it. Mike, you've been around long enough that you know when a player doesn't want to throw a team under the bus, is trying to toe the line. That was what JT yeah. Daniels was doing when he was saying the dumb mistakes. He was talking about all of us. He kept saying we made dumb mistakes. I want to preface all of us. He's saying yeah. defense, what the right. hell? Like I just put up 42 points and you're out of position. The RPOs are nothing that you can deal with. The defense lost that game. There's no way to be mad at one punt throughout a game, 300 plus yards and, and 42 points. It's ridiculous right. with a new offense. So the defense got to step up. I got to see more from the running game offensive line. I touched on it all on the, on the article there. But they can do things besides just winning, and they can't just win. Just winning by a touchdown or two, no. They got to dominate, and they got to show some things because Blacksburg will not be easy. And, and there are some projectors that say West Virginia is going to go 1-11 with the win over Townsend be the only victory. And, Mike, for the 15th winningest program in college football history, that would be the single worst season in the history of the program. <laughs> that, that's insane. That's, that's, that, that's insanity. So that's what yeah. could happen. Yeah, this uh, doesn't help that Marshall goes out and beats. Uh, right, they yeah. have the the they're two and zero. They have the win over Notre Dame, of course. It's it's apples to it's apples, yeah, apples. but it's in the state. And, you know, right, one, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't. The state is feeling good. The other one, is, right, hundred percent. Uh, Too bad yeah. this is the year they don't play for that side of the state. Because if they played this year, you never know. West Virginia could lose to anybody, but this is not a year that they don't play. But no, anything it, else, it, Mike? Uh, no, no. We'll, uh, Okay. All the coverage uh, this weekend. Uh, Carl will be in uh, Kalamazoo. Joe yep. have it covered uh, uh, remotely uh, from Penn State, and uh, you'll have things in. Uh, yeah, I'll be in Morgan, Virginia, and Alan will uh, Alan will be over at Acrisure Stadium. So we'll have everything covered here on the network, and uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. Should be interesting. Obviously, West Virginia is going to win. They're not, but for the other two programs, we'll see right. what happens with uh, Pitt and Penn State. Uh, I think it'll be tests in different ways for both of those guys. Yeah, to say the very, very, very least. Uh, but again, Mike Fakovic and Mike Osti. Thanks again to our guest, Eric McLean of AC Network and ESPN. That's it. No longer need to pull over. That was another edition of the Pitch Stop here on Pittsburgh Sports Network.